0: You're listening to a Whales or Whales production. You're also listening to Whales. Visit whalesorwhales.com for more projects and shows like this one.
1: Saved you a seat. Welcome to Train Station at 8, a video game music podcast. This is episode 43, and it is about the opening song from The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. The reason is that game got a re release or something like that, right, Steven?
0: Yeah, that's what I hear. Well, at least uh, I hope it did, because I'm staring at a Nintendo 3DS uh, cartridge right down here. That's for Majora's Mask 3D that is inserted into my Majora's Mask 3D new 3DS. All right, That so was incredibly really and succinctly, to, uh, Cameron, you're being rude. Y- <laughs> you have not
1: been introduced yet. I think you forgot the show rules. Yeah, exactly. I am your host, Brian, and joining me today is a guest. Who is this guest, Steven? I am not sure I have ever met him before. Well, I think he I obviously might. has no etiquette, though. I say as I cut you off.
0: Well, <laughs> That's exceptionally true, but I don't blame you for forgetting who he is, because he is Cameron Nutter, an age-old friend of Wales or Wales, but someone who hasn't been on a show in a while. Hello, Cameron, you can talk now.
2: Hi, guys. (laughs) The reason I
0: interrupted uh,
2: was because Steven has been shoving it in my face that he was able to get a limited edition something of Majora's Mask, and I was not, so... I'm oh, a, little, right. a little sour about that. So.
1: Well, okay. So I was a little confused in this point because this is obviously what's most relevant to our listeners. Right. But at some point, you skyped me that you were like third in line at your GameStop to pick up the special edition. Like, what happened to that? They well, didn't okay, have it. It was
2: actually mean. They called me and they said, <laughs> um, "They said sorry, we don't have. We're not. Ge- we're not getting any of the limited edition copies." And I was like, "Oh, well, that's super. Thanks, guys." And but they mm-hmm. called me about two days before the release and said. Well, they left a message. I was at work and they said, Cameron, um, we have your copy of Majora's Mask ready ready to go. Come pick it up today. And I'm like,
3: it's a trap.
2: I got there. Just the regular edition. Yeah. Oh, that's a bummer. uh, It was the one time ever that I've wanted a collector's edition and I did not get it. So I'm
1: very upset. Oh, those pranksters. (sighs)
2: Just
0: like the Skull Kid himself. Exactly. They're Uh just in character. (laughs) Yes. Well, you you listeners probably don't remember Cameron from Disembodied Voices because I'm not sure if any of our I don't current, think anyone listened to that podcast. I don't think so, but he used it for episode after episode. <laughs> that's an eight that's one of our Favorite old
1: old jokes. Uh, the thing is, we can't make that joke about train station anymore because people actually do listen to this podcast. Yeah. I'm wait, so wait, wait, wait. I wait, If
2: You guys didn't tell me there was actually going to be an audience. I'm kind of. I'm sorry, now. Cameron.
1: All right.
0: Yes. Uh, well. Yeah. It's. I think there are more than two of them.
1: <laughs>
2: is yeah. That, is that a problem? Well, I mean, your your parents
0: don't count, guys. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, there's at least one then.
0: <laughs> oh. Okay. Well, that's good then. <laughs> but yes, for our old video game podcast, uh, Cameron. Uh, and zach our pal zach uh we're, we're on that every every week more or less with us but we don't get to talk to them quite as much now that we nope. don't no since the restraining order yeah uh that and the disembodied voices was canceled oh <laughs> so right those are the those two things are kind of those are the two main reasons <laughs> yep
1: if anyone is interested in checking out more of uh, our stupid <laughs> conversations with cameron though um you can see disembodied voices at uh whales Yep. It's it also an the, archive uh, there. Retired projects. We have page. quite a
2: lot of backlog. It might take you at least a decade to listen to all of it.
1: And then we ha- <laughs> then we have the amazing audio drama that closes out our entire podcast that took me like twelve hours to edit or something. So It was worth it. Yep. So check that out everyone. It's worth great. a second. But speaking of checking things out that are great, Steven, what have you been listening to recently?
0: Well, um, I think that you'll all be excited to hear that I uh, have compiled all of the uh, vocal tracks from all of my Sonic the Hedgehog albums and put it into a single playlist. Steven, I'm excited to hear that you've compiled all of the Sonic vocal tracks and put them into a single playlist. Well, I can't say all of the ones that are available. For example, I don't own all the Shadow the Hedgehog uh, vocal tracks or all the Sonic the Hedgehog 2006 vocal tracks. Steven, I'm no longer excited. <laughs> Are those the
1: only ones you wanted to hear about? I just, I say go all the way or not at all, man. Hey, I have
2: plenty. Can we
0: sing covers? No. Nope. I already did that. <laughs> <It> wasn't <laughs> <But> great. <laughs>
2: Even that's actually out true. Of,
0: uh, out of the songs I do own. And I'm talking, this is every, every Sonic song. Steven, I like this. <laughs> I like to think the camera just
1: imagines this is what you talk about every week is like all you can listen
0: <laughs> yeah. to. Well, I, I, comes when on the I show.
1: think of
2: Steven, I just think of uh, him sitting at his desk covered in sonic paraphernalia and just, um, like on a loop. Um, <laughs> what's that stupid song I used to sing? Running around oh, at the speed of
1: Escape light from the or city. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So at the speed of love was what you like to say, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> which was an incredible lyric.
2: At the speed of love Gotta run on the rain run on my rainbow
0: But
1: anyway, Steven,
0: um, so you, I, got, you got I have playlist. Uh, three versions Of that song, actually three Oh, because there
2: really needed to be two more Than just one
0: And they're all so wonderful yep. And if there are 86 songs in total And it's five hours Straight of Sonic Ooh. Singing music oh. And I've just been playing that in the Most car. of it is really good, right? Um, a lot of it is awesome. A lot of it is lame and awesome as well. Okay.
1: <laughs> so this is like the opposite of that recent thing where they released,
0: which is, you know, the Sonic vocal tracks without the vocals. You didn't include those, right? No, 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 no. Okay. Um, no, but I mean, this is, this is stuff all the way from Sonic R to the, the rap from Sonic and the Secret Rings to the Crush 40, uh, covers of, like, Sonic Riders songs, and it just has yes. everything in it, so... Cool. I'm, uh, that's kind of I need all to I've been this. listening to, though. That's a little sad. I'm, Cameron, Cameron what have you been listening to? Other than to? just shuffling my my big, giant playlist. Yeah, mm. that's all it's been
1: specific. Gotcha. Cameron, what have you been listening to, I'm if a-
3: anything?
2: I'm afraid I'm not uh, that exciting either, because... <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to insult you, Stephen. Um, because I listen to very similar music that I listen to probably.
1: I thought you said similar to Stephen. No, Lord, no. Um,
2: <laughs> um, I listen to the same things mostly. I'm very uh, picky when it comes to music. So, looking right. at my iTunes playlist, um, mindless self-indulgence. Uh, oh, the Bastion soundtrack. Why did I listen to that for a specific reason? Um, something came out really that reminded good. me of it. Well, yeah, but I there oh. was a specific reason I went back to it, and I can't remember what it was. Um. But something was like played, and I was like, "This sounds like Bastion." And I just listened to the whole soundtrack because you know why not? Yeah. Um. Let's see. System of a Down. Oh, some Power Man Five Thousand. That was kind of interesting. They're Wait, weird. what is They're Power weird. Man Five Thousand? They're weird. Did you ever play that um snowboarding game on the PS2? It wasn't SSX. It was um. It was an EA. EA Big 2?
3: One A Two. A <laughs> Two. No,
2: no, but they did um, that song, um, uh, "Bombshell." I don't think game. I played this. Okay. Okay. Well, that was the one song that I've known from them and I downloaded their other gotcha. two albums and
1: they're just weird.
2: Um, okay.
1: and then i so you've been listening to System of a Down and Power Man 5000 is the weird one out of these two. Yeah, actually. Yeah. Because. Oh my gosh.
2: The, at least System of a Down sings. Power Man 5000's version of singing is talking like this. So are they robots? Y- well, kind of. Yeah.
1: Oh, that sounds weird
2: it's very weird yes um and then i talked to you a little bit brian about how i've i've actually come to one of uh one of my favorite bands i've come to actually disrespect recently um mm-hmm. and that's uh zach's gonna be zachary our other disembodied voices podcast uh friend is going to be upset with me because uh, uh he he's a big fan of them too um their newest album dog fashion disco excuse me i didn't actually say the name um dog <laughs> fashion disco their newest album was very soulless and i picked that up the first time i listened to it and then I a couple days ago, I went and watched some of their live videos um, of them after they had released the, the, the new album that I thought was Soulless. And they just mm-hmm. didn't give a crap. They were just kind of on stage, just kind of going through the motions. The singer was not really singing. He was just kind of talking like this. And then on the, right. their screaming parts, and he was just singing the screaming parts because he didn't feel like singing. It made me really <laughs> lose some respect for him. I don't know if it was just because they're just tired and the album was just something that they just had to release because they needed money, but I was, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, I lost a lot of respect for them, so that was kind of a bummer. That is unfortunate.
1: Unfortunately, when you hear Dog Fashion Disco is the name of a band, you expect anything but boring. Mm.
2: (laughs) Right. Well, the thing is, their new album is Soulless, but it's still entertaining music.
1: Oh, okay. Um,
2: And their old albums are freaking fantastic and ridiculous more so than system even like you mentioned um but yeah Mm -hmm. i just was really unimpressed with their attitude towards their fans you know these these fans are you know their lifeline and they're just treating them like garbage basically up on stage not really giving them a
1: performance that they paid for so
2: i don't know i lost some respect for them so that was kind of a bummer i probably Mm. will still listen to their music though
1: (laughs) gotcha gotcha yeah uh so like how would you describe their music Ooh. In three words. In three words? And don't say dog fashion disco. <laughs> well, that
2: would have been perfect, actually. Um, <laughs> insane. No, no, no. Makes no sense. Perfect. There we go. Makes no sense. Okay. okay. All
1: right. Um, you seem to like, I, I, I know from talking to you about music a lot in the past, Cameron. you really like stuff that is unconventional. Like, conventional music quickly bores you. Especially if it's like a ballad.
2: Yeah, there's a specific, songs need to have a hook for me yeah. and i've grown tired of the traditional hooks i guess so bands yeah. like fair to midland and uh billy talent and i don't know like dream theater assistant of a down they all have just a, a, that one weird quirk that i just really latch on to and i love um and you're right i i there's a lot of bands that i just can't listen to because i find them too boring i guess it's just my weird
1: taste in music i suppose other interesting cameron musical fact is you love falsetto I
2: do love falsetto, and I specifically like it when, when male singers can hit those really crazy high notes, which is why I like Journey so much. Yeah. And Event 7, yeah. which I actually haven't mentioned once, even though, for some reason, I haven't mentioned them in my paper band. Um That guy can hit those high notes, and it's awesome. It's not imp- that impressive when a woman hits those high notes, unless they're, they're really <laughs> crazy high notes, but you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally get what you mean. And yes, I love falsetto as well, so... Yeah. Um What have I been listening to? That's a great question, Brian. Well, let's see. Hey, Brian. Um, um, yeah. What have you been listening to? <sighs> Steven, I was on a great flow here. <laughs> <laughs> um, I-, I feel like this is a bad segment for this week because I have liked been listening to nothing either. Yeah. I went through my iTunes history and I've been listening to nothing. It's weird. Like, I'm listening to the radio a little bit in the car just because I have very short rides. It's not worth, like, pulling out my playlist. Mm-hmm. Um, That's my problem, too. My phone my is five
2: minutes away, so it's
1: not even yeah. worth pulling out the iPhone. Right, exactly, exactly. And I ha- I haven't had a lot of, like, work to do and stuff that I could play music during, so not a lot of music for me. Um, I've been listening to the most recent uh Mercado Brothers or Super Mercado Brothers episode they released mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. new versus old video game music. Yeah. And that's been really interesting for people who have not heard this yet. Um, Well, Super Mercado Brothers, which you might know if you listen to our show, is another video game music podcast. That is amazing and better than ours, so go listen to it. <laughs> um And we've had them on the show many times before. They're great. Mm-hmm. And so they did an episode about taking old video game music and new video game music and comparing it. So they might take like an old Castlevania song and then a new Castlevania song and talk about how like the orchestration and the composition of video game music has changed over the years so for example like
2: castlevania 2 versus symphony of the night
1: no not symphony of the night um the newest ones oh what are they called i can't imagine that the newest ones are any good no the music was amazing but it was more like you know it was like modern film score you know it's very orchestral slow paced not super melodic And it's just you know they're kind of it's largely a discussion about how games have moved from that melodic pop sound to the much more you know film soundtrack kind of sound, but also discussing like exceptions that are in there. And there was there was
0: a certain point where they're like, but there is some video game music in the current day that's really going for that poppy, listenable, classic sound. And I'm like, they're gonna play Mighty Switch Force from Jay Kaufman. I know they're going to play Mighty Switch Force from Jay Kaufman, and that's exactly what happened. I I could have seen
1: Shovel Knight go in that position as well. And that is,
0: yeah, same composer,
1: Jake Kaufman. Oh, is it? Yep. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> wow, <laughs> so Cameron. Good. That yeah, yeah. That that guy is the king of making old video game music today. I like, agree, absolutely. He keeps agree. the spirit alive completely. Um. So yeah, I've been loving that episode, and the other stuff I've been listening to is basically just the music of games I've been playing. Um. Obviously, the Hearthstone soundtrack, but I mean, it's not like a been listening to it more than I have for the past years Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's still playing and I love it I've just been playing Hearthstone and then secondly I've been playing Dragon Age Inquisition finally oh
2: Um,
1: that's darn it I want to talk about that yeah I probably can't go super in-depth about it right now but I'm sure we'll talk about it later Cameron in short it's absolutely fantastic I love this game so much Um, it's I feel like I barely scratched the surface of it but I've played it for several nights now Um, that's really awesome because I yes. know you didn't
2: like Dragon Age Two, but you went back to it and you started. We can't talk about this. What are we doing? Stop it. <laughs> It'll go too long. All yeah, I happens. love
1: the Dragon Age series so much, and we're, actually, we can talk. Yeah, you're right. We can talk about this very soon mm-hmm. in a uh, podcast setting, even. Um, so uh, back to back to Dragon Age to the music. So my big problem with Dragon Age as a series is the music's pretty bad. Yeah, uh, Dragon <laughs> Age Origins had a great theme song, and then pretty lackluster music to the rest of it. Dragon Age Two just had like bad Skyrim? music. No. No. <laughs> well, no. Don't you dare bring no, that up, Cameron. Had, the
2: gra- had a great
1: intro and then everything else sucked, right? You know I disagree. We argued so much about this, Cameron. I don't remember. Yeah, you were arguing for the Bastion soundtrack. <laughs> I, I, I was arguing for the Skyrim soundtrack. It's one of my I favorite game soundtracks. I,
2: um, I was being very close-minded and I would be willing to discuss it again okay. at a future date.
1: All right, so yeah, that, that's a whole other can of worms. I think Skyrim has a great soundtrack, but not as good as Morrowind's. But anyway,
0: back to Dragon Age. So Dragon Age two just had bad music, yeah, which Stephen pointed out to me. I didn't really. I, I, you're like I didn't remember the music being bad, and so I, I forced you to come over and sit in my office chair and uh, put on the headphones and listen to how bad the music was. To be fair, it wasn't as bad as you were saying, but it was pretty bad. It's not uh, not as
2: bad as the basement theme from Ruse One, right?
1: <laughs> well, no. But that loops around, you know. It, it's so bad, it's good. Exactly. Kind of, kind of I really
2: actually, good. I actually got to that part in Resident Evil Remastered, uh, and I was so relieved to hear they didn't use that song. Not that I expected oh. they would, but they did <laughs> So
1: good. Yeah, that would have been. Like, I would have liked a full orchestrated. Like, <laughs> that been so rendition wonderful rendition of it. I need to, I need to make it yeah, like a orchestrated should. version of that. Anyway, that's another tangent, man. Camera. There's sorry, so many sorry. Tangents I haven't to talked to you guys on. in so long. yeah it's it's actually no worries this is like the segment of our show about tangents so yeah dragon age i haven't the music isn't super prominent
0: yet but it is very very good what i have heard um have there been any any moments have there been any moments where you like enter a city or like stop to listen to it because there was
1: a moment that i stopped to listen to it i can't remember where it was the title screen has an excellent song like which is basically the theme song of the game mm -hmm. it's really really good it actually sounds, and I can't quite decide if it sounds enough like this that it bothers me, but the melody sounds a lot like the song that Pippin sings in Return of the King. Oh,
0: that's a good song. the darkest edge mm-hmm. of the night or whatever it's that's called. That's a yeah. really good song. Yeah, that's it's a very beautiful. similar melody. I don't
1: think, it's not like the same melody, but it evokes a very like, similar are kind you, of emotional Are we talking about like loss? a...
0: A, a single vocalist or is it instrumental? It's not a
1: vocalist. It's okay. instrumental, All but right. just the melody of it reminded me of something.
2: Minor notes that mix well with yeah. the major notes. Yeah. Okay.
1: I know that's. Really yeah. Yeah, cool. yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's a beautiful song, but there's definitely like a sadness to mm-hmm. it. And it's a very similar melody. Um, so yeah, that the theme song is really great. Part of the reason the music isn't too prominent yet is that a lot of it relies less on music and more on the ambient sounds of the environment. Um the sound design in this game is exceptional. So a lot of the time you're exploring around like it does not play music consistently. It's more like World Warcraft or something in that sense. So um, If you've I'm, ever
0: listened to um the Skyrim Atmosphere's track that comes with the album, though. You you will quickly yeah. learn that sound design and music design is very closely linked. I'm really, really excited to listening
1: to the music outside the context of the game because the music is not drawing attention to itself, and I don't know if that's a bad yeah. thing or not yet. But when I have listened to it, it, is much better than I remember Dragon Age music being. Mm-hmm. The only thing disappointing me about it so far is like the main hub world. You know, your every Bioware game has like the place you go back to, like in Steel, probably could see Ebon Hawk or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't it more just has because you're like leading this Inquisition? It's basically just kind of these militaristic kind of drums that provide kind of like a just a backing soundscape. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of miss having you know that melody there. Um, that like you know the original Dragon Age had, um, yeah. But, or but on was the like other the hand, really cool
0: like techno track from the first Mass Effect that would play right. on your ship. And but on the other hand, song.
1: you this is such a large area and you spend so much time there that I don't think they could have a consistent melody like in the original Dragon Age without it just starting to get yeah. Aired.
2: I mean, games like Skyrim do a pretty good job with having town overworld themes that don't
1: get don't grate or anything on your on your nerves. So I mean, it's yeah. possible. Yeah, they fade out in Skyrim. So I think they could have That's put some point. melody in here that just comes in and out. But they kind of just went – the route they went is they kind of just have this kind of – it's really good. It's like this just drum track that goes in the background that is infused almost with a little bit of electronic-y elements, which is interesting. Um But it's – I would like kind of the theme song to play there or something. And maybe it does, but I don't recall it uh, yet. But yeah. It's kind of just initial impressions. Again, I'm very early in the game, and I haven't spent all my time trying to listen to the music. But I'm excited to keep playing through it and then to go back through the soundtrack and, like, see what I missed. Uh, and see what the music is like outside of the context of the game. Just so. out of
3: curiosity,
2: yeah. what uh, what console are you playing it on? PC. Okay, so the reason I asked that was actually related to music. Because um, if you were playing it on console, you'd have your big TV speakers. But if you're playing it on your PC, right. you're using your headphones. So do you think that changes your your
1: listening to the music at all? If anything, it makes me more in tune to the music because that's I have a really, yeah. yeah, I have a really high quality headset that is amazing for playing music. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's one thing I do appreciate. And I'm going to try li- listening out for the music even more as I continue to play it. Um, but yeah, the weird thing is I'm playing on PC, but I'm using a controller because the oh, controller. Whoa, whoa, wait, you're using a controller? Oh yeah. This game is like designed ground to be played with a controller.
3: Yeah,
2: It's really, really awkward to play a, with the
1: mouse and keyboard.
2: Since Dragon Age 2, they really were tailing it towards consoles anyways. So.
1: Yeah. Like, Interestingly, oh, Dragon Age makes... 2 didn't let you play with a controller, and I kind of feel it would have been better if they did in some ways, but it wasn't quite there. But this game, like, yes, it just plays so, so much better with a controller than with mouse and keyboard.
0: I, you, know, you know, that does make sense. You were telling me it's kind of like an action adventure Yeah, I mean, you style. basically
1: play it like an action RPG mm-hmm. with, and sometimes so zoom it out. Because I
2: didn't like the first two because it wasn't an action RPG. So
1: yeah, you can totally play this as an action yes. RPG. And it actually is really punchy and feels feels good. It's it's pretty simple, but it's it's fun, and you don't even spend that much of the game in combat. So it's it's good. Um. So yeah, moving on to our, our main topic here. Today's song is the opening song from The Legend of Zelda: Majora's Mask. This is the song that plays when you first start the game, and Link is. Riding through the forest on Epona and then falls off and apparently dies or something. <laughs> Opinions <laughs> there.
0: Those are. Un- That's a
2: creepypasta and probably not real. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, he teleports <laughs> to Terminot when he goes uh, through the little twisty hallway uh, oh, to yeah. the windmill. So, um, yes. so Steven, can I start? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Okay, I just. Steven uh, Skyped me this song uh, this morning and I've been spending all day listening to it uh, and analyzing it. And to me, the first thing that stood out was... Oh,
1: well, probably I I should be more specific here. I'm just going to, like, introduce what the song is, and then we'll give our analysis after we play it for everyone. Oh, okay. Um. So, yeah, yeah, just real quick. So, before we jump into the song specifically... Um, just what's our background with this game? We've had an episode on Majora's Mask before, but just a quick recap, like, uh, Cameron, what is your, uh, history
0: with Majora's Mask?
2: Um, well...
0: Well, he was walking through the forest, <laughs> and he found this, this dude sleeping on the ground. And so I he hit my head the mask. really hard, and suddenly
2: I had this awesome mask. No, um, so I bought it back, I got the 64 kind of late, I got it in about 2000, and must have been 2001. Right. Um, so the PS2 was out, you know, and, um... Uh, I ordered, I got Ocarina of Time with, with the 64, and then I beat it, and then a couple months down the road, I begged and I begged and I begged to get Majora's Mask. We bought it off of eBay. I had the awesome gold holographic cartridge. Um, and I played it, and immediately I knew something was weird about it. I, I, I realized that it was just completely different than Ocarina of Time. Um, but I was a dumb kid, and I never did beat it, um, as a, as a young kid. I got to, I beat the Snowhead Temple, Snowhead?
0: No, uh, yeah, Stu, no, st- Snow, the Snow,
2: the Snow,
0: the Snow Temple. That one.
2: I beat that one, and then, because <laughs> I was a dumb kid who didn't, you know, was attracted by a butterfly or whatever, I had stopped playing. Um, but even at that small amount of time I played it, I knew that the game was just so different and weird. I could just get the, I got the vibe from it, that it was just crazy different. Um, and then, when it came out for the, no, it didn't come out for the GameCube. When did it? Yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah, it did. It was in that collector's Edition. When it came out for mm-hmm. the GameCube, that's when I actually ended up beating it, and I was must have been like 15 or 16 at that point, so, uh, you know, at least five years later. And I still don't think I... I definitely appreciated it more at that point, but I still don't think I really grasped my full appreciation for it until I played it on an emulator only about two years ago, and then I realized that, wow, this is such an awesome game, and to tilt. To to the date, it still stands as my favorite Zelda game.
1: I remember when you were playing through it, like uh, a couple of years ago. You just came came to me and said, "Like, I think this is better than Ocarina of Time." And you were like coming to this crazy realization. Well, in your it head. wasn't.
2: I I had always kind of thought it was better than Ocarina. I had come to the realization that it was better than Wind Waker. Oh, okay. And when because gotcha. Wind Waker was my all time favorite Zelda game for years, just because obviously it's Wind Waker. But <laughs> when I replayed it, I realized that there was. It's such a break from tradition of Zelda. And mm-hmm. granted, at that point, there wasn't a whole lot of tradition, but in hindsight, it's the most weird, out-there Zelda game. They use, like, Chinese drums, and, and it's just, it's so cool. It's so cool. So I have so much appreciation Great. for it, and it's absolutely my favorite Zelda game. Steven! Hello. Hi.
0: Well, Stephen. see, I was walking through the forest,
1: and... Uh, <laughs> Alright, so, what is our background with Majora's Mask? Well, we did play
0: Ocarina of Time first, um, as mm-hmm. you should. I do know that you yep. sold
2: a, a beautiful golden cartridge for no
0: reason. Yeah. No, Cameron, there was a reason. What? Uh, money. Okay,
2: so that's a horrible <laughs>
0: reason, thank you. Okay, look, once we had completed the game and realized it was on a virtual console, Brian, uh, Brian convinced uh me that we should sell the game. Um, because that was during a period where we were kind of trying to get rid of some. This of our is old not the important part of our history and whatnot. It's, it um, is too, because it it brings the question: your character. That is true. <laughs> and so the the comparison I sort of make with this is, um, we were the collectively the happy ass salesmen, and by letting Majora's Mask uh exit our grasp, I think we put the world in danger. You sure did. Great. But guys. while 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 we had the game, I think we were kind of like you, Cameron, and that we we were maybe closer to your teenage self because that was closer to how old we were mm. um but we really really liked the game um but i don't think i personally fully grasped how bizarre it was i feel like i was still uh um, let's be fair i don't think any of us have still fully no grasped you're right very few, few people can fully grasp it um let's just say i was i was green enough in the video game scene to not uh really get what a what an insane departure it was. However, we played it enough and beat it to the point where we thought it was better than Ocarina of Time. See, okay, by I the didn't time actually we... know that.
2: See, I totally thought you liked Ocarina better. That's interesting. Okay. Cool.
0: Well, we then we put it down, and I had played Ocarina of Time uh, many more times than I have uh, Majora's Mask, and over the years, I've slid towards that camp again. Interesting. Until... To this day, I still think Wind Waker and uh, Ocarina of Time are better than, than Majora's Mask. Um, however, playing it on the 3DS is going to give me my uh, uh, my chance to let it redeem itself and see if it can surpass those right, other games. Right, because
2: we're all adults now, basically, and we can, um, we can really, I think, ap- appreciate the game in almost all of its senses much better than we were able to even so, so little as five years ago.
0: Yeah, no. That, I th- I think you have a good point there. Um, especially just having played so many other games and watched other games get developed. Um, not just like the the contents of this game, but the backstory of it is so interesting that it just makes everything more amplified. Yeah, absolutely. So, why, Stephen, did you pick this particular song? Um, well, first of all, this is this is kind of a weird episode uh, of Train station at Eight because. Um, we're recording really late, like at the last second. I'm gonna have to edit this in the morning. Um, and we, mm. we've kind of already done good this up, yes. episode before. Yep. In a, in a way, we've had Cameron on the show talking about Majora's Mask. Yes, we have. Um, so. It's like, is that
2: all I'm good for, guys? Just talking about Majora's that, Mask? Pretty
0: much. Yes. <laughs> the only thing you <laughs> <we> know about. <laughs> um, and so the last time we really spent a lot of, a lot of our, our time focusing on the differences between Majora's Mask and Ocarina of Time. That's right. Yeah. Oh, so. yeah, that's, I could, it's, it's actually coming back to me now. That's right. Of course. Yeah, so I'm thinking maybe we'll focus on other things uh sure. this episode, or maybe we'll retread the same ground and see if we change our opinions having played it more recently. Uh, but anyway, the reason I chose this specific song um is because, first of all, it's one of the songs I've encountered in the 3DS version since I haven't had that much time to play it. You see, originally, I had planned to spend, you oh know, a, a, about 20 minutes um, transferring my old 3DS to my new 3DS, and then Wait, a few when, hours... Wait, what ever gave you the idea that that was going to take 20 minutes?
1: Uh, the like, guides, how did you come to that conclusion? The guides looked really easy. Oh, you <laughs> fool!
2: Yeah, I've done this uh, process, too, when I upgraded to XL, so... Yeah, it's not fun.
0: <laughs> so instead... I, s- I spent 20 minutes playing the game and three hours to do the transfer. Yeah. Um, but yep. hey, it worked. And now I'm, Good. I'm finally in Termina. So. Awesome. So. The reason I chose the song yes, is the reason reason you chose it's the one song. of the songs I've encountered so far. Uh-huh. So I have fresh memory of it. And also, I think that it's a really telling, uh, musical piece, um, that sets the tone for the entire game and, Sets the tone for the conversation. I'd like to have. It's a little
2: underappreciated. Like it kind you, of is. It's forgotten. Majora's mass songs. The first one that comes to mind is Song of Healing, which is probably one of the better songs. But this is the one that Song talked of Healing
1: is an most. amazing song, Cameron. And of
2: course the the the, um, the Deku Palace and um, what's that uh, the the of uh, what you, you get my point. There's a lot of songs yes. that get talked about a lot. This one really doesn't. Even though Steven's right, it has a lot, it has a huge impact, because it's the first song you hear
0: in the game. Precisely. It's the first song you hear in the game, and it doesn't really do very much. It it kind of, I mean, we'll hear it in just a moment, but it really, it kind of hits, not literally, but it hits one note, um, and then changes at the very end, and it's like a minute long. Um, but it's really powerful for putting you in the shoes of Link. And on that one note, let's go ahead and play for everyone
1: the opening from Majora's Mask. Okay. And on that rather, uh, creepy note, that was opening from The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask, composed by one Koji Kondo. I, I don't know. That guy's man's not a, a genius. Not a big name in gaming, <laughs> but I guess he's done a few
0: okay, okay tracks. <laughs> like, like we said, one. we wanted to go for the underappreciated. The obscure. <laughs> yes. But man, exactly. you can like smell that still misty forest and hear the, the, the clomping of the opponent's, uh, horsey steps.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. That, the, the Majora laugh is actually so ingrained in that scene that I hear his laugh. <laughs> every single time I hear
0: that song. Yeah. Even if it's not
2: there, which is not in a real yeah. song, obviously.
0: Um, so. Right. So this is the song that plays in the, in that iconic opening cutscene, which, um, I think it's, is easy to forget, um, how insane it is. Uh, kind of disconnecting yourself from this being the sequel to Ocarina of Time because after all of those years well actually hadn't been that many years just a so, year
1: No, it would be like one
0: it was yeah. one yeah one year <laughs> the
1: entire so after movie, all, after
0: all of those years, years. after <laughs> all of those year you link comes back into the scene and there's no epic opening there's no like flying fairy montage it's just the super still So okay here's something interesting um i noticed
1: to you know get the ocarina of time comparisons out of the way here at the beginning is the opening of this song is actually very similar to the slower parts of the fairy flying theme at their uh, op- opening of ocarina.
2: Actually, Brian, that's exactly the point I was going to hit on first and foremost. Um, the first lovely violin part with a little bit of uh, a little sour notes in there, um, yep. really is ocarina of time. Yeah. Yep. And so as Link is clomping through the forest, you have this wonderful Ocarina of Time esque melody, and right. then you get the little bum ba da ba and then that horn goes and you get that creepy Chinese drum with the weird harp. I don't even know what the I don't even know what kind of instrument. It's like a Chinese guitar or something. It's right. all based in Chinese like sounding sound effects. And mm-hmm. it really brings you from, this is Ocarina, but things are going to get weird. <laughs> and it brings you into the Majora's Mask world so well because it, it slides you in with that creepy melody. And you immediately see Majora with his creepy mask. And you're like, oh, well, this is going to be interesting.
0: <laughs> and I mean, yeah. this, this is obvious. It's something we talked a lot about in the last episode about Majora's Mask. Um, but it just needs to be said at the beginning, all of these assets and all of these, um, instruments come straight from the super familiar, super popular Ocarina of Time. And so some of the magic of this game simply appears by them using these familiar faces in strange, unsettling ways. Um, and it almost kind of lulls you into a false sense of security at that, at the very beginning. And then soon you start to realize something weird is going down. Well, that's an interesting point too, is that
1: the, as we said, using like previous assets, the beginning of the song is all played w- with the same like instruments from Ocarina of Time. Like the same sound right. chip, could, everything literally is exactly be a the song same.
2: It in, in Ocarina of Time. It absolutely could have been.
1: And then they start introducing all the elements they experimented with in Majora's Mask. Like mm-hmm. with the, yeah, with the drum and the horns and all of the things that are more, uh, signature for Majora's Mask come in there and, uh, kind of welcome you to
0: this new world of music. So let's talk about Majora's Mask and the music that goes along with it for a second. Is, it's kind of, it's, it's obvious that the whole mask, mask, mask thing, pardon me, is very, mm-hmm. mu- is kind of rooted in this, like, um, tribal, um, almost kind of voodoo sort of mm-hmm. sensation. Um, and I, I think it's really important that they were able to establish that musically and be able to use that through the entire game. So there's this cue and you know, whenever that mask is looking at you, whenever you hear that specific instrument, that thing is staring at you and there's something wrong with it. It's
2: the combination of, of the music with that creepy harp and that creepy guitar with like the first scene you see, that's different is the mask looking right at you, like you said, and its head twists and turns and it cracks, and then he laughs all evilly, and it's it it really it does a good job of just completely showing you exactly what this game is going to be about.
1: <laughs> right, and the game is about a much more unknown and much more disturbing foe than just Ganondorf.
2: Right, you know? they 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 really went for an enemy. I kind of compare him to um the Joker in a sense. And I, I kind of compare him to uh, um Christopher Nolan's Joker more so than, uh than the Mark Hamill Joker it, in the way Wait. that Ganondorf wanted power. What's his face from Twilight Princess wanted power. Majora just wants to wa- quote unquote, watch the world burn. He just wants to have horrible, disturbing fun. And that's a really cool villain. And, The way that they organize the music, in a sense, the music is almost like broken or it's like not proper. I can't describe exactly what I'm trying trying to get across, but there's Mm -hmm. something tweaked about all the music in this game. And that completely works well with the way that Majora as a character works.
1: I mean, I think the music brings in stuff that's often more heard in horror types of music, which is exactly bringing discordant things in, things that are not pleasant to hear, melodies that don't work, that's rhythms exactly that don't what I meant flow. To say. You got it. yeah, yeah. So they use things that are not pleasant to hear and don't sound right and don't sound harmonious, and that is how they get across this idea of r- wrongness. And yeah, and it's that's something a, that's more often
0: used in horror. And that's I find it really, that's a very good point, and something that I was kind of surprised to find when I was playing through the game again. Um I kind of set my 3DS down for a second and said to myself this is a Zelda horror game. Yeah, it's like the
2: closest we're ever going to get to a well, in my opinion, a a very adult themed horror based Zelda game. You're exactly right.
0: I mean there are numerous characters and situations in this game that are are built to just be disturbing. Like, that's what and their purpose is. So effective at that is, in my
1: opinion, the scariest thing you can do is take something normal and familiar and then turn it into something unfamiliar and, you well, know, disturbing.
2: And, it's Stephen, you know what? I think I brought up this exact point uh, in the last time we talked about Majora's Mask. Stephen King wrote, the scariest thing you can possibly do to anybody is go into someone's house and turn all of their items, like, two degrees to the left or to the right. That's the difference between... Horror and, like, t- frightening, ter- being terrified. Horror would be like a dead body in the house, and oh, there's a dead body, oh my gosh. That terrifying feeling is where everything looks exactly the same,
1: except it's just a little teeny bit off. Right, and Majora's Mask, you know, yeah, it capitalizes on this fully, because he uses all of the old assets and
0: then turns them that little bit off. And here's one of the beautiful things that it does, and this is, they they did this musically as well. Um, in the beginning, like we were saying, the instruments, it sounds like it's an Ocarina of Time song. You know, you sound like you're in familiar old Hyrule. And before you know it, you jump down the rabbit hole, um, and you're in Termina and everything's weird and you get completely caught up in this adventure where you're, you're a Deku scrub and the moon is crashing into the earth and who are these strange people? And then there's a moment where you relearn, um, the song of time and you have a, a vision. You you look, it is it is and you look back in the past and link remembers when Princess Zelda taught him that and it's this moment of relief to let go of a breath i i hadn't realized i had been holding on that on that first on the first 3 days
2: but the interesting thing is they take that though they take you know you have this wonderful like cloud scene where you're standing in the clouds with Princess Zelda and uh, Zelda mm-hmm. is playing and then you're back into the world but you still have the Song of Time to, to go back to. You're still thinking, okay, the, the Song of Time is the song that I can hold on to in this crazy world of science. Yeah. But then you have the double Song of Time and the inverted Song of Time, and that just messes everything up because you think <laughs> about it and you're like, this one this one place I could go to where nothing is horrible is now creepy and twisted too because the inverted Song of Time is creepy, um, just like the rest of the music in the game. And so they use... The song of time, and that—that that was one of the coolest mechanics. Even the first time I played Majora's Mask as a kid, the way that you reuse the song of time
0: was an awesome idea. It was insanely a good idea, and it's the old turn everything a few degrees the, the opposite way you're expecting because it's just it's just playing the familiar songs backwards, like yeah, it, yep, exactly right. Oh, it's so it's messed up, man. <laughs> it's messed up.
2: I don't think people realize exactly how twisted and turned this game is. Like, we, everyone's always like, oh, Majora's Mass is so creepy. Majora's Mass is so horrible. It, <laughs> it really is a twisted uh, trip into some crazy world. And I think it makes it even better because we played Ocarina of Time, where things were just a fantasy, a normal fantasy world. Mm-hmm. And um, taking bits and pieces of music from here and there, and putting it into Majora's Mass, but messing it up. Just all these little things they did including with the music i'm trying to relate it back to music and not just gush about majora's mask just really pumped out this world that was just so dark and twisted and it would fit into a a horror novel or anything like that so well
1: i think what makes majora's mask so effective at that though is at least for me i never thought it was like marketed as that i never felt like it was trying to bill itself as this is going to be the scariest game you've ever played well, it's not Nintend- well, it's
2: not really nintendo's forte forte i don't th- no. i don't think that advertising it as a creepy adult themed zelda game would have worked because right. people would have been like well like you know most of the kids probably wouldn't be able to play it i know my parents actually had some reservations about letting me play it because my dad read up on some stuff about it and he was like this looks pretty creepy and blah 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 so, if they had built it like that, built it as creepy as it is, right. I'm not sure people would have played it as much. Not
1: that they played it lot. But I think that's anyway, part of what, I think that's part of what adds to the mystique of it, is it's a lot more scary to find out there are disturbing undertones mm-hmm. to a thing that should supposedly be normal, than be told you're gonna be scared, and then say, I'm not gonna be scared. And you know, and that's a, r- that a really,
0: uh, important point, uh, musically and everything else <laughs> about Majora's Mask. Um, it doesn't feel like it's trying too hard. And it doesn't feel like it's trying to take something innocent and then making it creepy to be, you know, shocking or, or cool or something. It feels like this really genuine, creative, so crazy, it just might work. I can't believe they're letting us make this. I can't believe they're letting us make this <laughs> kind of moment. <laughs> well,
3: like,
2: I think it really relies on the user as well. Because so imagine for a second that you hadn't played Ocarina enough Time. Obviously, the game would still have a good impact of being creepy, but would it have as ha, have had as much of an impact on you if you hadn't have known what the song of time was, and if you hadn't seen all these characters and 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 music from pulled straight from Ocarina of Time? So they really, I think, they relied on the user's knowledge of previous Zelda games and previous experiences, and because of that, they were able to grab those memories out of our brain and just twist them into knots and turned it into something creepy, and I, and I don't think it would have had that kind of impact if we hadn't have played previous Zelda games. Still would have been creepy, but not yeah. as.
0: So here's a little question, and this isn't very musically related. I'm sorry, folks, but honestly, if I'm being brutally honest with the world, I only chose this song because I really wanted it to be an introduction to us talking about Majora's Mask for a while, <laughs> because I really like talking about Majora's Mask. But what do you guys think the moon is all about? Because I was starting to think about that today. And the moon has a face, right? I'm pretty sure it has a face. And it looks real. No, I don't think so. No, wait. It does. I'm looking at the cover right now. Absolutely. I can count. Are you sure the camera is just a 3D version? Oh, I geez,
1: guess here you I can kind of read that into Actually, it. Actually, would that not be terrifying if if you had the 3D
0: slider off and there's no face and as oh, you turn it on no, no, a face? Oh my <laughs> god. Yeah.
1: They missed out.
0: So, um, to touch
2: on the the obvious. The, well, the I had is... a specific Oh, what? Go ahead.
0: I had a specific question yeah, yeah. to ask though. Go ahead. Has the moon always had a face in this world?
2: No. Hmm. No, I don't believe so. I think when Majora got this evil twisted power, he took the the moon as his own, and he that was like, he, you know, like I said earlier, he's just kind of ha- having fun watching the world just be destroyed. So he was like, the moon. Turn the moon evil. Because in, in the later part of the game, that's his, like, home. That's his home base. And mm-hmm. we don't know much about Majora, or the Skull Kid in general, but he turns the inside of the moon into, like, his comfort zone. And, but then he also turns it into four different trials that Link has to go to. So he's taken the moon... And made it become his home almost, and so I think it would, you know, in his mind, if I'm putting myself in his eyes, ha! This would be so hilarious if I made this moon look have a horrible face that's crushing all of the people in this town. (laughs) Wouldn't that be great? That
0: makes makes sense to me. That that seems like something he would do. But as I was listening to the villagers, and I, you know, I'm very early on in the game. I haven't played the full thing in years. But I was, as I was listening to everyone talk about the moon, they were concerned that it was big. They were concerned that it was going to crush them. But no one seemed put out about the face. That's what I so thought too. So there's two, there's two possibilities for
2: that. One is it's just a video game and they, they didn't, they didn't program it in there. Mm-hmm. Um, or you're right. This moon had a face, and it's always had a face. But then you have to question why in the world did this moon have a face. <laughs> In the first place.
0: So has this moon... And if it has a... Go ahead. If it has a face, does it have, a, like, a personality? Is it, like, a person? And is he really bummed out about his face being smashed into he the... He did cry. He Yeah, he's crying all the time. That's a good point. And yes,
2: yeah, the, the, the moon tears are something that... The the guy in the observatory is, is like, Hey, go look in the thing. You might see a moon tear. So, obviously, the, the moon tears are something that's common in this world. So it has... That's a really really good point. It's had eyes. At least it's had eyes
0: for how, who knows how long. And see the 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 interesting thing I find about Majora's Mask is that this sort of conversation would usually be silly in a Zelda game because it's like you're just picking apart like I don't know the the Gorons eat Are rocks the hills they in Mario rocks? World yeah. actually alive <laughs> or or do they I definitely have seen them blink. Um but Majora's Mask is just so stuffed with odd symbolism and metaphors, and it's just weird enough to be worth it, you know? It's like, surely a lot of the stuff in this game means something to someone. And so I I like trying to figure out what that is. So, yeah, I think
2: the original thing I was going to say was in terms of gameplay reasoning why the moon has a face is this impending sense of doom. So, I am at the Snow Peak uh, world right now. And mm-hmm. there's the part where you, the Goron is is blowing uh winds uh, through the platform right before you get into the temple. And you make him fall asleep. And I was running up the hill, and I turned just the right way where that stupid moon was right in my face. And I was like, yeah, the moon is right there. And so it's just this con- – because you can see it everywhere you are in the entire game. Yeah. Except for, like, inside, obviously, <sighs> duh. But it's this crazy sense of looming doom that you're going to die. Unless you play that song a time, or you stop Majora, those are your two options, and it's there. It is, and it's following you.
0: <laughs> it's literally mortality staring you in the face. Literally, that's it's literally you staring mortality. Why
1: is in this the game face? rated E ten?
2: <laughs> I because I
1: re- because ten year olds need to know they're gonna die. <laughs> I guess it. so. <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh
1: Yeah, I. I don't know, like... It it seems like we go down so many rabbit holes about the metaphors of this game. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to say what it all is for if it's for any one thing. Or, uh... I don't know. It feels like it's too...
2: Why don't we discuss something uh, a little different about Majora's Mask? And I think, you know, we honestly might have discussed it previously, but I can't remember. The negative part of the music. Because we all know there's actually bad music in this game.
3: Yeah, that's true. And...
2: So, what, why in the world do you think that things like, okay, first of all, the majority of the Ocarina songs are pretty crummy. Yeah. Um, major- I mean, Ocarina of Time had, like, pro- what, 10 songs? Maybe 12 songs? I can't remember exactly how many. Mm-hmm. No, more than that, because there was the 12-party songs, and yeah, there was like tw- t- t- crazy amounts of songs, and they were all good. They all had a wonderful story behind them, and they were all really exciting. Things like the Goron Lullaby, and, and, um, the teleporty one, I can't remember the names of them, I should have got my 3DS. They're just not good. They, they're very un. Unri- they have no rhythm. The, the music that follows after them is very generic and boring and empty almost, like some of them barely have any, any melody at all afterwards. So what, what do you think was the game, this game that was so full of creepy, soulful music? What happened with the Ocarina songs?
0: Well, all I can think is that um, the major themes of the game were focused on first, and that's a very good thing. The Song of Healing, etc., uh, the Clock Town song, all, all the stuff that needs to be really special. There's a lot of music that maybe isn't. Fun to listen to, but is effective in the kind of horror fashion that Brian was describing earlier. And I guess the rest of it sort of fell through the cracks because either Koji Kondo just ran out of material, was busy, or was just overtaxed and tired from his work in Ocarina of Time.
2: So you don't Um, think that there is a specific, like... Reason that this music is not as good, or I guess you did give one reason that it could be because it fits a I horror theme. But like, could there be a overarching reason that the the melodies for the ocarina are poor, poorly, poorly composed?
1: I think one reason might be that the reason the melodies worked so well in Ocarina of Time is they were so beautiful and they were so simple and they were so pleasing to listen to that that made you know a five or six note melody. Uh, work. I think maybe what could have happened to Majora's Mask is they're like, well, we need to make this more complex. We need to not make it pleasing to hear. Mm -hmm. We need to make it like interesting and off. And when you have to do that for like an eight note sparse melody, it may be, uh, just too much biting too off more than you can chew. They could have, they uh, could have used the, uh,
2: I, you know, could have obviously this, the game was made 20 years ago. Um, they absolutely could have used the, the ability to change the key of the notes. Because, you know, you can slide the, the the analog stick up and down while you're playing the notes, yeah. and it makes <laughs> noises. They could have yep. expanded on it. But you're right, that's a really good point. Um, if the issue was indeed d- uh, development time, that makes perfect sense. If it wasn't development time, and there was a reason behind this, it also sort of makes sense to think that the reason they were poorly sounding is to make it poorly sounding <laughs> because this world is so right. weird anyways
1: but i just don't think it comes across as well yeah. when you do it in a melody I mean, driven song that's also very simple then it's just going to sound like a bad melody well
0: the thing is a poor sounding melody is so subjective that you can't just say bum, yes these were bum, these bum, were bad songs bum, 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 bum. okay I mean, maybe some of them are actually objective <laughs> but they're um not great <laughs> but you think of like the song of storms, and that was creepy and weird, and totally would have fit this game. That is But very also true. very melodic game. and very memorable. It's actually
2: in the game. Right, right, right. But I mean, I know what you mean. I
0: know what you mean. Um, they could have made more like that.
2: Right. So maybe the maybe the excuse that um, they didn't have the ability to create creepy music in the eight note space doesn't quite hold up. But the thought that they didn't have the time still does. Um, of course, we're just speculating. So I'm not sure if there's any more reason yeah. to
3: speculate specifically. Though
1: so. <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting question, though, because it is a very stark contrast. Uh, you know, it is, yeah. the music around a lot of the other game, uh, a lot of the other game songs can be compared to Ocarina of Time somewhat favorably. Like it's a different style, but it feels like for the Ocarina songs, what I remember them at least, they're just very underwhelming compared to what you're getting from Ocarina of Time.
0: Um,
2: I even so, I don't know. I, I specifically remember as a kid disliking some of the Ocarina songs. I'd be like, why is this song just not as good? Hmm. It's just I, Even as a little kid, I totally got I don't like these songs as much. They're just not as good. So it's really interesting to think right. about. I'd be, I'd be really... It's obviously impossible and it will never happen, but I'd be really curious to pick the developer's brain about Majora's Mask in general, I think. That would be so much mm-hmm. fun to really dig deep and be like, why in the world... Tingle, <laughs> why in the world? <laughs> oh Actually, my Actually, they explained This
1: was the game that made Tingle, wasn't they it? They explained Tingle. That you? Explains a lot. Are
0: you guys aware that uh, Tingle's father was in this game? Who is Tingle's father? What? Remember the the big hairy chested guy at the uh, at the boat tour? <laughs> him? Oh right. There's a little little picture frame next to him that shows uh, him and a tiny little Tingle holding a balloon. Oh, you
2: are so right. You're really right. Yeah, that's exactly right.
1: Weird. Weird! I, <laughs> that is, I, I didn't remember that. I now, I think I remember remembering that. But Tingle, that's crazy.
0: In the game, Tingle mentions his father, like, giving him a hard time for wanting to be a fairy and stuff. That I remember. Yeah. So, yes. did you actually, Kotaku got
1: an
2: interview with one of the developers in Majority. With, with Tingle? now with Majority. <laughs> developers. Oh. And they explained Tingle. Did you guys read that?
1: No, mm-hmm.
2: so do explain the, Tingle. The idea was that they wanted maps in this game and the ability to purchase maps, but they wanted to give it some personality. And so they they created this guy who would walk around the world and he would sell you maps. But then they thought, well, it'd be kind of fun to add a little more character to him. So let's have him fly around to, you know, he's up in the air. He can map out the territories. And then this is how their their mindset went. Well, anybody who flies around with a balloon... Selling maps has to be
1: weird, right? <laughs> right?
2: Right? So let's make them really weird. That's exactly how it went.
1: <laughs> literally. And that so, you know, that's the kind of thought process that leads to Majora's. And, and then we're going to be like, oh, we had all of these like deep, like uh, metaphorical Tingle ideas. It's actually a metaphor for <laughs> lost childhood and innocence <laughs> right. and the inability to move past. And they're like, nope. We just wanted to make a weird yeah Literally, a the,
2: the exact phrasing was, well, this kind of person has to be weird, so let's make him weird. I thought that was really entertaining if they, they were able to describe <laughs> Tingle that
1: way. All of the Ocarina songs really just came out because Koji Kondo is banging on the keyboard drunk at 3 a.m. <laughs> or he's having
2: a, a deaf composer like, compose it for him.
1: Oh well, no. <laughs> that, the, that so explains the Resident Evil song though. It super does. The beauty uh, of art, he, That though. was like the one song where he's like, I'll compose one my own this time. And it's like, okay, maybe you should go back to, you know, being a ghost writer, because that didn't go very well. <laughs> <laughs> what were you saying, Stephen? Oh, I was just going to tell you what the beauty of art was, but no okay. Can All we, right, yeah, I, I think we're running out of time to go over Can we just discuss back, one
2: more song really fast? Uh, in yeah, particular. Sure. um, Let me pull it up, and Stephen, if you want to play it, we can. I'll, I'll introduce it, um, and then you okay. can play it. If I can find it... I think this is it. Hang on, I gotta play it. Make sure it's the right one. That is not it.
0: This is it. Maybe. <laughs> well, Cameron looks. I'll entertain everyone by doing my tingle impression. All I right, got it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so, um, the stone temple, the stone tower temple, um, temple is. Very, a very weirdly <laughs> designed temple in general. So what happens is you go and you're just, it's like, oh, it's a normal temple. I'm going through the rooms. And then about halfway through, all of a sudden, literally the entire temple turns upside down. Literally, that's what happens. And so they took that song that played in the original version of the, of the, um, of the, of the, of the, of the temple and they just made it weirder for the inverted version so without further ado this is stone tower temple inverted Immediately, the first thing I noticed about this song is the sound effect, and that makes yeah. you guys know what sound is. It I'm basically
1: sounds like a spirit laughing. It's
2: Yeah, and it really hits, it kind of sounds like something playing in reverse, which is the whole point of the temple, that is, is that everything true, got turned man. upside down and reversed,
1: and everything, yeah, Well oh, everything in this game to me has like a, ch- like you're going to a Chinese circus at nighttime and no one's there. Ooh, that's a good like, analogy. That's what so much of this game feels like. Uh it, I think it's exemplified a lot in that dancer that goes out at night. In, in Oh, the, the twins? Yeah, like there's very much like a festival vibe to the game. <laughs> but, you know, a festival that you go to and you really, really don't want to be there. And you die there. at the end. And there's nothing fun. Well, then you die. I mean, want to leave. It's, it's, and
0: then you die, Cameron. Uh, and then you die. And, and, and then you die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's, I mean, I was just experiencing that tonight playing it when the third day and almost everyone is gone, but all the festival, um, decorations and are, still are still up. And there. it's just the dark, like the, I mean, the, the mayor, like being caught in between the. The military saying we need to evacuate now and the workmen corporation being like, no, are you kidding? We have to stick around. This is our duty. You guys are cowards. And it's, it was this weird, odd realism almost of like, it's too serious for, yeah, setting it during a, a
1: celebration
0: was a very interesting
1: idea. Yeah, but like,
0: um, kind of what I was getting at is it's it's almost too serious of a conversation for Zelda characters to have. It's like this is this is right. real. There's a disaster coming for this place, and just some people won't leave. It, it's am scary. I, am I yeah. right
2: in assuming that this is probably the best? Duh, but the only Zelda game that we really cared about the story at all. Oh no, I've, I actually really like the story. Maybe in it's, Wind Waker. It's... Excuse me, Wind Waker is the exception, but like. In Ocarina of Time, the story was just there to move you along to different temples.
0: Maybe the best way to put it would be, it's the only story I want to discuss. There you go. I liked Ocarina of Time story. I loved the characters. I loved the places. See, I, I even liked the things that happened. But I wouldn't sit there and say, so guys, why do you think Ganon did that? It's like, because he's
2: evil. That's why he did it. Right. And see, the, for me, the only thing that was really interesting about the story of Ocarina of Time was possibly that one scene where um, the evil demons come out of the come out of the um, the well in Caprio well, village yeah. which by the way is kind of like majora's mask that entire scene because it grabs sheik and it like flops them mm-hmm. around and smacks them into the ground and all the buildings are on fire so that was the yeah. only part really in Oregon the time that i, I thought noticed was, like, that was story. all
1: the lead up to the horror dungeon right right
0: um, so maybe that was in maybe that time. was
2: um inspiration for Majora's mask
0: yeah for shadow templing yeah <laughs> Yeah, see what I did there. <laughs> well, speaking of foreshadow
1: Templing. <laughs> I wanted to discuss this actual song a little bit. Oh. <laughs> um, I thought that... It was interesting because it's more melodic
0: than most the temples. Yeah, see,
2: that was what my point was going to be, I think, about the whole song in general, is that it's one of the only songs that I think would be, like... I don't know how to phrase this without making the rest of the soundtrack sound bad, but it's, like, the only one that could be a real song. That doesn't make any sense. Well, I mean, sense. you have clock
1: and that, stuff. No, that doesn't
2: make any sense. See, I'm, I can't I can't exactly explain how I'm trying to describe this song. Like with the, with like there's a chorus and a bridge and a chorus and a bridge and a and a mm-hmm. verse and it uh-huh. just feels like it has multiple a song. parts. And when the ocarina comes in by itself, it just it's just so creepy and it makes your, the hair on the back of your neck stand up and it's just it's I really can't describe exactly what I'm talking about, so maybe I'll just shut up and let someone else talk. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think I get part of what you're saying, but it is we we took on a hard task here because Majora's Mask is not an easily explicable game. That's like the the fun about it is that it is isn't explicable. So mm-hmm. we're trying our best here to make words about it. But words, it's kind
0: of a kind of a uh, futile task. Well, I but, I mean this is a a late night podcast. Um, it's like I said, it's the last second. I I'm fresh off playing Majora's Mask. So I'm fresh off like seven hours of Dragon Age, so I am so zoned <laughs> out right now. So it's, it's going to be a thing. weird episode. Uh, we'll, we'll see if, if, if it's good at all, but mostly it's just here for us to have a, a bit of a platform to talk about this crazy game.
1: Yeah. Something I really enjoy is how the, it's not even really the melody, but the backing that na, na, na is dueled between the instrument and that creepy, unnaturally high vocalist. Does a really good job of portraying the creepy, like, this is the temple that takes place with, like, all those kind of ghosts and monsters well, yeah, in the, the main valley, story,
2: right? Uh, it's like Icu- Icaragua Valley or something like that, and it's, it's a the, gu- whole, the whole valley
1: of spirits, right? The point
2: of this entire place was that everyone's dead. Everyone yes. is dead, and their ghosts are haunting the area. That's the story yep. of this creepy, freaking area, and the, the music amplifies it perfectly and as a matter of fact I mean the the music
1: literally I would show you one more song (laughs) right like the music literally pulls in elements of um, singing ghosts and actually uh, I'm gonna go ahead
2: this is gonna be one of the last thing we talk about Um, I want you to go ahead and Steven and edit this in this is Ikana Valley from Majora's Mask
1: That's a good song to listen to for, for you to sing. Right, see. I know.
3: I'm saying
0: it a little <laughs> while longer, I think. Does anyone um, else feel like the low piano hits those dun, 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 dun is a musical representation of something horrible knocking at your door?
1: Yes. Does anyone <laughs> else, did anyone else hear someone Steven. like a human like coughing at the beginning? There's like this weird coughing sound that wasn't even like musical. Um, Are you sure that wasn't just... Steven, was you musical? hit on I, yes? the
2: yes. most amazing point I have ever heard you said the piano notes were like the knocking on a door. Do you know what the story is in that area?
0: It's everyone's dead. It's
2: well, okay. I already hit that. <laughs> it's a little, no. kid, little kid's dad disappeared, and the little kid is trapped in the house surrounded by zombies. <laughs> no. <laughs> and you go into the house, and he won't open the door because there's zombies outside. And when you finally get in, he's freaked out about the zombies and the evil spirits outside. You cannot believe you pinpointed that so perfectly. That's an amazing point. Wow.
0: Wow, Oh my God. That was an amazing
1: point from me. Jesus. (laughs) Well done, Steven. You, you get the amazing point, point. (laughs) Thanks, man. (laughs) But yeah, I can swear at seven seconds, there is like someone sneezing and it's so creepy because it's such a human sound that isn't even musical. To me, it sounds like a distant. Like, scream. <laughs> hang on, or I actually
2: can't pinpoint it. Uh, one sec.
1: Sounds like sneezing in the right channel. Is it six right at seconds. six
2: seconds? Okay, hang on. It just sounds like strings.
0: Okay, it's, I hear someone it sounds sneezing, like, strings but I could mimicking insane. a distant scream. Okay, but, that, wow. I,
2: that I can agree with. Yeah, it, whatever it is, it's creepy. <laughs>
0: Yeah. yeah, it's really creepy. This whole game's creepy. It's really creepy. That is the extent of my discussion on this game. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we so we summed it up, folks. Majora's Mask is a
1: creepy game. But no, these are all fantastic points and fantastic songs. That I'd, each of these songs could really get their own episode. Majora's Mask is one of the most fascinating games to talk about and think about and play. And I'm really excited whenever Steven's done with his copy, so I can steal it and play it. Um, to go through this game again while actually caring about music and narrative and stuff in games other than like, wow, this mask looks funny. It really, it really is
2: a a weird masterpiece. Like, there's nothing been, there's nothing that's ever been like it since or before. And it's because of the weirdness of it, and because it's just so unique, it's almost timeless. And this update 3D version that they released fixed all the weird issues that the game might have had in the first place, and because of that, it's just a masterpiece of a game. It's, it's absolutely on, a masterpiece.
0: It's now kind of an unobstructed gym. and All those reasons and excuses you had to not play it before have been removed. Right. All
2: the, the The main complaint about the game was the dungeons weren't very fun. Well, first of all, the dungeons aren't really even the meat of the game, and second of all, they fixed it. Mm-hmm. And so, now what we're left with is this masterfully crafted weird, fun, scary, creepy game that we will probably never see
0: anything like ever again.
3: Yeah.
0: And all that strange, unsettling, thought-provoking stuff that we just heard was all kicked off with those opening strings uh, and with Link in the Forest that remind you of Ocarina of Time. And it just seems like such a distant time ago. And just to think back to, like the Goron City and Hyrule Fields and meeting Capora Gabora the Owl and all those normal, normal Zelda things just seemed like a world away. And Steven, I
2: would like you to end this episode on uh, the end credits from the game, be- the song, obviously, because I believe that it really sums up the game in general because after everything is saved and you've saved all the people and you've completed all the tasks for all the, ta- the people who are, uh, who are needing Link's help, the it's the one song that doesn't have a dark undertone at all. Mm. Except towards the middle where they show a little bit of a costume with the, with the Skull Kid. But even then, it's a happy, sad sound instead of a creepy, sad sound. So go ahead and end on that. It's a wonderful ending to
1: a game that is just so amazing. It's interesting that the game opens and ends with uh, lacking the characteristic uh, wrongness seen throughout the I'm entire positive rest of it. i that was intentional. Yeah. It was a, it was an experience. It's probably one of the most original soundtracks Nintendo's ever put out. It's, it's really interesting that Koji Kondo did something so outside his comfort zone. Um, so many of his soundtracks are going to be upbeat and are going to be catchy and are going to be melodic. The idea that he basically got to experiment with a atonal horror soundtrack working in the world of Zelda. For a project like this was something really special and something, like you said, we might like get to see yeah. a composer like him doing for a very long time. I
2: can't imagine that um, the New Zelda is going to have any elements from Majora's Mask in general. If it does, that's ridiculously wonderful, but I seriously doubt it. So we need just need to
0: savor Majora's Mask for as long as we possibly can. <laughs> but, well, exactly, like yeah, this podcast. Like this yeah. podcast. So, next week, we're going to spend the episode talking about the Happy Mask Salesman. Who is he? Where did he come from? We're just going to start a podcast all
1: about about Majora's Mask speculation. I'm good with that. I mean, yeah. 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 All right. It's called Majora's Great. Cast. <laughs> uh, wow.
2: I was trying to think of a name faster than you and you came up with a wonderful one immediately. So I just don't even. Know
1: what <laughs> hey, I am on point, man. Uh, speaking of being on point, that'll about wrap up our episode tonight. Um. That was fun. I, I think, like, <laughs> being dazed at, like, 1 a.m. is probably the only right way to talk about Legend of Zelda The only Mads. right way.
2: The, they would be, the developers would be proud. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm sure that's how they yeah. developed it. Probably. Exactly. With only a year to make it? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. probably half the time was them, like, basically sleep-deprived. Uh, basically hallucinating through most of the development of that game, which explains the final boss. Um... Oh, that was so creepy. Oh, <laughs> yeah, even when I was uh, young, I knew something was oh, wrong yeah. when I faced that oh, guy. Oh, yeah, even,
2: even the first <laughs> temple... Okay, whatever. Keep, end the podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The podcast.
1: All right. So, Twitter, people. <laughs> We're on Twitter. Uh, you, can find find me, you
0: can find me, hey, Stephen no. Kelly 180 <sighs> on Twitter. You can find Brian as Lord Meldor uh, on Twitter. And Cameron Asdell 90 Watt AC. Is that still what it is? You still
2: got it. Yep. I don't tweet much, but
1: if
0: you want to follow me, I do retweet yeah. things. so, yeah. And there's also the show Train Station itself, which is just Train Station 8.
1: Yes. Our email is trainstation at eight at gmail.com if you want to, you know, email us. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to take all this inch- I, I, I got it. Friend. I got it. I'm I professional. You shut up. At this point. <laughs> Our YouTube is Train Station at 8. Like, search that on YouTube. You'll totally find us on YouTube. Uh, we are also part of the Whales are Whales production network, where other awesome shows like this have other awesome people like us.
0: So check that out at whalesarewhales.com. And if you'd like to hear more from Cameron Nutter in the future, you'll be excited to see a new show we're going to launch soon, if nothing goes terribly wrong. Yeah, Majora's Cast. It's going to be great. <laughs> Sunday, tune awesome. in to see
2: Majora's Cast. We'll rediscuss... The mask design for five hours. (laughs) Of one of the masks, I
1: should hope. We're going to start recording that right now. The
2: pig mask, (laughs) not Majora's mask, just
0: the pig mask. (laughs) The thing I love about the pig mask is how strikingly it resembles a pig.
1: So something else interesting is we are now on Stitcher. If you are listening to us somewhere and want to listen to us somewhere else, we're on Stitcher now.
2: What What the heck is Stitcher?
1: That's a good question, Cameron. Stitcher is the leading sort thing. I don't have my press release in front of me, <laughs> but Stitcher is basically a place that collects and puts out podcasts that like Android users and stuff can go to if they don't want to use iTunes. But not iPhone. Uh, uh, well, I, I mean, you can do it with iPhone. Well, I just mean you probably. I, I just. I think you can use it with iPhone or computer or oh, anything. Okay. It's just you know, typically iPhone people have I- iTunes, so I'm not really concerned about them. But, uh, yeah, it's just an alternative to that. It seems like a really good uh, program, and we recently submitted and got our podcast up on there. Very so cool. check it out, everyone. It's a good podcast place that people go for podcasts. And on that note, we are going to end this show. Cameron, thank you very much for coming. This was very much I fun. was very happy to come on and talk about one of my
2: favorite games of all time. So thank you, gentlemen, very much for having me.
1: Absolutely. I suppose in about eight or nine more months, we had to have another Majora's Mask up You guys can you have me on, on the show
2: whenever you want. You guys are in charge of that.
1: Yes. <laughs> I know. We're going to have you on, on sooner, and it's going to be about something that's not Majora's I'm Mask. I'm totally so. good with that.
2: I'm serious. We could talk
1: about Skyrim again if you want. Oh, no. That's, I would, that, no, I that told could, you
2: I was closed-minded. I would come in with an opener mind this time.
1: All right. <laughs> I, Bastion is always, you know, that's always one that you've got a lot of uh, passion mm. for. So we'll see. I'm sure we're going to have lots of song ideas. Steven! Yeah. Are you there? Yeah. Thank you for, for coming. Oh, thank you're almost. very welcome. You're very welcome yes. indeed. Yes. And thank me for coming. Thank you. Um, because I almost didn't. <laughs> um, so, yeah, everyone, you all have an awesome week. And do we have a goodbye phrase for this podcast at this point, Steven? Um, <laughs> guys, it's 42 we, episodes in. Well,
0: well, we used to have one yeah, that confused people. We changed it. Um, you can make it the no. choo-choo. <laughs> All right. All right, good. That'll be great in editing. Thanks, camera. Yeah, that's just going to be that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I hope we came across as a train leaving the station. Can I, can I stop recording?